This morning, we have with us a woman whose very name means bright, shining light. Her voice carries us into the presence of Jesus, and her laughter can start an an epidemic. She is pure spontaneity, joy bubbling over. I can tell you with certainty that planning events and speaking in front of a crowd like this is not something she would normally volunteer to do. That woman is Helena Smith. And it is my great pleasure to introduce her to you today. Okay, good morning, everyone, and a welcome. Um, yeah, yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> you have to respond, otherwise I'm going to be the only one giggling and very excited up here, and it's going to be awkward. Um, yeah, I really am so, so overwhelmed and grateful for what God has done and how he's brought us here today. And um, yeah, I just want to say that every single one of you are here, not because we had a great video, which was great, beautiful designs, which was beautiful, Um, great advertising. You're not here because of that and because you saw that and thought, okay, let let me have a day off now. The reason you're here today is because God has a specific message for each of you today. And um, this message has come a long way. Yes, it's actually come a long way from the beginning of time. (laughs) So it's always been there, but I think It's always good to have a reminder, and that's what God laid on my heart for today. So welcome, and um, yeah, I just said that already, so I'm checking my notes. (laughs) Yeah, this has absolutely been an incredible journey, putting this whole day together. In fact, it's been quite a battle in my heart, because like Cherise said, thank you, Cherise, for being our host. Um, Yeah, and... um, it doesn't come naturally for me to speak. I think this will be the longest I've ever spoken in front of people. If I could sing for two hours, that would be fine and great. But speaking is a different story. So I'm here by God's grace. And that's a miracle in itself. And that's a testimony in itself. And, um, and yeah, I'm just truly grateful for the team that stood by me, supported me. Um, incredible bunch of ladies that we'll mention later, but they putting it all together and how God has just made this thing work because that's what this is what God ordained from the start. Um, yeah, so if <laughs> I put myself up first, I thought it, at first maybe this was a mistake because if it's bad, some of you might leave. So please don't leave after this, all right? <laughs> we'll see how much of a miracle it really is. No, I'm just joking. Um, but there will be other speakers and there will be great food, okay? So if this go bad, then <laughs> there's that, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, today, today we're going to start with Quite an intense session. We're going to start out with this, but I don't want you to feel like, oh boy, here comes the women's event with the tears and the tissues and the crying. And the... that's also good because I cry all the time. But um, this is not supposed to be heavy. This is we're going to start with this uh, heavy session, but it's not. It's actually so that we could get to the victory of what God has for us. That song is just incredible. He knows your name. And that's the end result of this day, that you should know who you are in him as well. So what we're going to do with this morning with my session is we're going to tackle the lies of the enemy. So we're going to tackle the strategy of the enemy to destroy us. If we think about it, for centuries, 
in the whole of history, <laughs> in almost every culture and nation, women have been on the onslaught. The enemy have tried to destroy us and completely have an onslaught on our identity and who we are. Um, we've been under years and years and centuries of being undermined, oppressed, silenced, dismissed in cultures, objectified, abused, so many de depressing things that I can say this morning. We all know the story of what women ha have had to face, but I'm not going to go into that. Before we get all depressed about being a woman, <laughs> let me tell you an incredible fact about being a woman and how God originally made us and what was his original intent for us, for women. In Genesis, God made Adam and he said, no, no, there's many jokes. I'm not going to say the joke about Adam and then God did a better job and he made the woman know. Um, God created Adam and then he said, it's not good for man to be alone and he created the helper. And that word helper, I think I've a bit misunderstood that my whole life. I thought maybe helper is helping with the dishes and helping with the kids and helping, I don't know. Or, you know, just supporting your husband. Or it's, it's funny how you think Adam and Eve, you immediately think marriage, husband and wife. And that's not what God meant. He meant, let's make Adam a helper. Adam, as well as the human race, a helper. So it's not just in that context, it's for the human race, for mankind. And that word helper, I looked up the original meaning. I try to be very fancy there. And it's in, an, I, don't know if no, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's azer, which means the translation for helper is to rescue, to save, to redeem, to be strong. So it's not like, oh, yeah, let me help you. No, no, no. You're there to rescue, to save, to redeem. And, it's, and every time that word helper was used in the Bible, it's been in a setting of war, actually. So we think the guys are the, you know, the strong. God made us fighters. <laughs> he made us warriors. That was his original plan. He's like, okay, I'm making Adam. Let me make a warrior. <laughs> so... That's who we are. That's the name he gave us. We don't realize that true name. And speaking of names, <laughs> you know, this message, this message was so strong on my heart because of my own journey that I've been through. And, um, and I know each of us have a journey and each of us have a story to tell. And I won't bore you with my story too long. <laughs> um, just a short, like your luxuries mentioned. Um, it was quite a significant thing for me. My name means bright one. When I first found that out, I was so excited. I was like, oh yeah, I'm clever. <laughs> I'm going to do well at school. And then I realized, no, no, it's not the clever bright one. <laughs> it's got to do with light. <laughs> so I'm not saying I'm not clever, okay? I'm very clever with certain things. <laughs> but bright one meaning light. And that was the very, very thing. The one single thing the enemy tried to take from me was my light. And throughout my life, I've had to face incredible darkness, incredible times of depression, where I felt I'm in this dark, dark, dark pit. There's just absolutely no way out. Um, fear, paralyzing fear, loneliness. <laughs> Even 
And those are the things the enemy says. And then there's the things I tell myself, you know, we are, we are our own worst enemy. And then there's traumatic events, life that happens that just takes us out. And then we forget who we are. And um, those were the things that it was almost a tormenting time that I've had to go through where the enemy really almost won. But he didn't. He didn't win because God knows my name. And God held on to me like fast, <laughs> stifas, <laughs> who said it in Engels, hide my stifas, and he knew my name, and I, um, and I stand here today knowing who I am, and it's still a journey, I think it will always be a journey, but and the enemy will always try to come back with those things, but this is where I am today, and this is my story, and um, I know each of you, each of us have a story, some are huge, some are small, but it's huge for us, and it's real, and it's and it's right. Um, but today I want to, um, yeah, I just want to read the lyrics of that song again. It's just incredible. It says, you are still a promise. The heartbeat of God, you may have forgotten, but he has not. You are not the ashes. You are a flame. Do not ask the shadows. How many times do we ask the shadows? Our own insecurities. <laughs> the light of the world knows your name. Today I just want to also... Yeah, before I go any further, I just want to pray for us because I'm going to look at a lady in the Bible. I want to tell you her story. And um, yeah, so before we read this part in Scripture, I just want to pray, Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you will just speak through me now, Lord. And um, Lord, I promise, oh, Lord, I pray that your promises, Lord, this morning will just come real to us, Lord. Lord, I pray that we will just experience how you are gently showing us the hidden parts in our, in, in, in our hearts, Lord, that it will not be this bombarding, overwhelming thing, Lord, but that you will gently come with your spirit and just minister to our hearts, Lord, and speak through me, God, in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to tell you the story about Naomi. Usually the, one, the story is about Ruth, but today we're going to speak about Naomi, and I want to read you the story, a small part of it. And we can start with Naomi, the book of Ruth. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds better. <laughs> Beautiful slide. <laughs> okay. So before Israel was ruled by kings, I think we're in chapter one now, yeah. Emelech lived in the town of Bethlehem. His wife was named Naomi. And the two sons were, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Malon and Chilion. But when their crops failed, they moved to the country of Moab. Just want to stop right there. First, their crops failed. They basically went bankrupt. So they start the chapter with, okay, yeah, she was, they were married, they had two sons, and life was great, and then bankruptcy, crops failed. And then they had to move a country. So two traumatic events right after each other. Can you imagine that? And I know some of you have probably gone through that. Moving a country. And then while they were there, Elimelech died, <laughs> so she lost her husband. So this woman, Naomi, losing everything. Okay, let's pack up everything, move to a different country, arrive there, and she loses her husband. That's intense. Later, Naomi's sons married Moabite woman. One was named Orpa, not Oprah. Orpa. <laughs> She's not that old. 
and the other, and the other wife was Ruth. About 10 years later, Malone and Chilean also, her sons died. Can it get any worse? Now Naomi has no husband or sons. So that was Naomi's story there. When Naomi heard that the Lord had given his people a good harvest, she and her two daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab and go back to Judah. As they were on their way there, Naomi said to them, Don't you want to go back home to your own mothers? You were kind to my husband, my sons, and you have always been kind to me. I pray that the Lord will be just as kind to you. So when I read this, I immediately thought, she's like, Naomi, you're alone in all this, and you want to comfort them, and you want to say, listen, I'm not going to bother you with my problems. You go back to your mothers and go find husbands. Just leave me. And I'm sure she was actually terrified of being alone, but still she didn't want to bother them with her problems and what she's been going through. The, the first thing she wanted to do is just, just go and, and, and rather make for yourself a better life. Don't worry about me. I'll be okay. How many times do we do that where we do not want to burden or, you know, tell other people about what things we're going through because we feel like, oh, no, I can't burden them with that. I'm just going to keep it in. Just go on. So she was just willing to rather be isolated and willing not to receive that support. Naomi, Naomi kissed them. They cried and said, we want to go with you and live among your people. But she replied, my daughters, why don't you return home? She's a stubborn lady. What good will it do <laughs> to go with me? Do you think I could have more sons for you to marry? You must go back home because I'm too old to marry again. How crazy is that? I think she, it, it feels like she thinks that's her only worth is to have two sons for them to marry. And she doesn't have that to offer her, to offer them. So she just, I have nothing to offer you. That's my function. That was not her only function. They loved her for who she was, not for bearing sons so that they can marry them. So it's just an interesting fact that she, you know, she felt like that was her worth. Orpa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. Oh, they cried again. Yeah, this is obviously a story about women. And then... Uh, <laughs> I almost read Oprah. Oh, my goodness. I shouldn't have said that. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. And Ruth held on to her. Naomi then said to Ruth, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and to her gods. Why don't you go with her? Ruth answered, please don't tell me to leave you and return home. I will go where you go. I will live where you live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I will die where you die and be buried beside you. She really loved Naomi. May the Lord punish me if we are ever separated, even in death. This Ruth was amazing. She was the God sent God. When she said, your God is my God, obviously God's heart, Ruth's heart was inclined by God. She, was a heart, she had a heart after God and she loved Naomi. And that was the person God put in Naomi's life. And that is what God's doing for each of us. He puts people in our lives and we have to accept that. And we have to allow them, but make sure that they incline to God's heart. <laughs> when Naomi saw that Ruth had made up her mind to go with her, she stopped urging her to go back. They reached Bethlehem, and the whole town was excited to see them. The woman who lived there asked, can this really be Naomi? Then she told them, don't call me Naomi any longer. Call me Mara, because God has made my life better. So she changed her name. And I only have 10 minutes left, and that's impossible. So, <laughs> Mara 
Um, Naomi means pleasant. So that's what Naomi's life started out with. Pleasant, normal, not shaken, boring, not much going on, living a life with her husband and two sons. That's what her name meant, pleasant. For us, each of us, God had an original name and identity for each of us. It says in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. He loves you. He made you. And he had an original name for you. You are his daughter. He called you by name. You are his. You are his own. So that's your original name. So we all have different names. I don't know what the meanings are. But what God calls you is you are his daughter. You were formed. He loves you. And then Naomi lost everything. So the enemy will try everything in his power to destroy what God has named you or what God has given to you. He will not sit back. He knows. The enemy knows. He trembles because he knows what godly, free, strong, courageous women are capable of. He knows that. So he's not going to sit still. For each of us, he tried a different strategy. I can't name them all, <laughs> but it's, it could be anything. Sometimes our own actions and our own choices leads to destruction. And sometimes it's things that happen to us, death, sickness, disappointment, shame, sin, abuse, trauma, so many things. We can all name them. And at the end, Naomi called herself bitter. And she just finally bended under it all and decided, this is who I am. And it was legitimate. Because what she went through was real. And it's sometimes real for us as well. But it's not the end of our story. So what do we call ourselves? <laughs> Why do we sometimes say to ourselves the ugliest things that we will never say to anyone else? You will not tell your daughter. So those of you who have daughters or sons, you will not tell them the things that you tell yourself sometimes. When you either look in the mirror or you're on your way to a business meeting and you just degrade or talk negative about yourself, think, think about it. You will not say that to someone else. Why do we say it to ourselves? Yeah. So what are the things we call ourselves? What are the lies and the labels that we've put on ourselves? False expectations, comparing each other, comparing to one another, categorizing people, putting them in boxes, excluding others. The way we feel about ourselves also directly influences the way we treat each other and the way we see other people. And we put each other in boxes and we think, oh my goodness, why? You know, there must be something wrong with her. Why is she not married yet? Or like, why don't they want to have children? What is wrong with them? You know, or we just put labels on people. Or she's not qualified. Or <laughs> she hasn't studied. Or... <laughs> She doesn't fit the culture profile. There's so many labels and things that ladies put on each other in our minds. We wouldn't say it. We will never say it. But we do think of it sometimes and we wonder. And, and it just puts us in boxes and it limits us. And we think because someone doesn't have a specific life plan in order yet that they live in God's plan B for their lives. No, God has a sovereign will over each of our lives. And I hope you understand what I'm meaning, what I'm saying by that is that yeah, does it, does it make sense what I just said? <laughs> okay, then I'm not going to try and explain again. But, yeah, so it's not only the lies we tell ourselves, but the lies that we label each other with. 
and we judge books by their covers. Unfortunately, ladies, we have to be slapped on the wrist about that, <laughs> I feel. I've experienced how people feel excluded out of conversations because they not they don't fit that culture or that profile or that whatever. You you know what I mean. Let's stop that. <laughs> Let's speak life over each other. So then Naomi started making a plan, and I love this part because this is where hope comes in, and this is where be strong and courageous comes in. Naomi made a plan. <laughs> hope is when you decide to stand up in a new posture and a new spirit, even though nothing has changed. So Naomi, she decided to stay, take a stand. Nothing has changed much. They're in this country, and she said to um, she said to Ruth, now it's time to find your husband. Come on, let's make a plan. <laughs> She's not going to sit around in the ashes. She made a plan. <laughs> um, yeah, and God, I, I just want to say, whichever situation you're at, I don't know what stage or season or in you or in your story, but I want to encourage you, don't sit in that. Don't just sit and wait for something to happen. Don't sit in your ashes. Have hope. Hope means standing up even though nothing has changed. You're going to stand up in the spirit and take hold of it. And then God will come and he's faithful. Right, he created us to be fighters, so we're going to fight it. And even though it seems small, what you have to do, or insignificant, or it feels impossible, ask God, what should I do, and then do it. And if God doesn't tell you immediately what to do, then just speak his truth every day over your situation and over what you're going through. We can choose, okay? I have said before you life and death, blessing and and a curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, listening to his voice, and holding fast unto him, for he is your life and the length of your days. So, what he says, choose life. We can choose to stand up. Naomi chose to stand up. She made a plan. <laughs> and then, um, what happened was Boaz and Ruth married. Eventually, you know the story. And they, they got a son, Obed. And this is the incredible part. Naomi nursed Obed. She was the grandmother, but the woman in the village called this boy Obed. They called him, it says in, the, in Ruth 4 verse 17, they called him Naomi's boy. And it's amazing because it wasn't her son. She didn't give birth to the son, but God redeemed her story. And it was called her boy. She nursed this boy. And the story that was once completely devastating turned into life because the significance of Obed is that he is the grandfather, I think the grandfather or the great-grandfather of David, of King David, which is the lineage of Jesus Christ, Savior. So Naomi's destructive story ended in, she was that fighter, she was the helper <laughs> for mankind, literally, because when Jesus came, that's when our redemption came. So for me, it is just an incredible story of what God's redemption is. Yeah. Um, one thing I also want to say is that God will redeem, but he also restores. And he gives back more. Um, and I don't know where you are in your story. <laughs> God is still busy with your story. He's not done with you. What he started, the good work that he started in your life, he will complete. And um, 
yeah, when you go through life, when you go through your story, I want to encourage you, speak life every day. Speak the truth. Do not refuse, refuse to take the lies that the enemy puts in our head or even the labels that other people put on us. Just push those lies aside and then look yourself in the mirror and say, speak God's truth over you. And I'm, I ask Brian and Albertus, you can come up. I am going to be the singing preacher now. <laughs> I, was, I always, I must confess, I always made fun of the preachers that come up while the worship is still on and they're with their mic and then they're singing along with the worship, they're preaching and they're singing again. It's amazing. It's, I love it. It's charismatic. It's my roots. I love it. <laughs> but I just always said, I always said to Pierre, please don't be the, the, the singing, well, in his case, the bass playing preacher. But that's what I'm going to be now. I'm going to share this song with you. Um, I'll put, yes. Guys, ready? So as we minister this song, you can, you can look at the lyrics or even close your eyes. Just let God minister to you. This is His Word speaking over you. Standing in your ruins, there's a lot of So used to losing, you're afraid to try again. But now all you see is ashes where there was a flame. Truth is that you're not forgotten, because grace holds your name. God's not done with
you still have a work that you want to do in their lives, Lord. I pray that each heart will turn to you, that you will show us the deep, dark corners that we haven't even realized ourselves. And Lord, I don't know where each one of them is in their lives, God, but you know. And I pray this morning that as we reflect, as we take this time now to, to sit with the lies and with the truths. (laughs) I pray that each heart, Lord, will know exactly what you're showing them and that you will show exactly each one of these ladies what you want to tell them.